0: The the heads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. We are already in week 17 of the 2023 NFL season, which is... Really insane to think about. The seven and eight Packers will travel to Minnesota this week to take on the seven and eight Vikings for the second of two straight divisional matchups. Of course, rounding out the season with the Bears at home at Lambeau next week. So Perry, another division matchup. I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about this one going into Minnesota. How How about you?
0: Well, first of all, did you just say week seventeen? <laughs> Boo. I thought I made go? like a,
1: a mistake, but no, it's just yeah, where did the season go? That makes
0: me sad. um wow, yeah, I mean we're gonna get into it, but this Vikings matchup, it's so funny because both of these teams, compared to the last time they played each other, could not be more different. I mean it could it's going to be like of all of the division games that the Packers have, this is the least similar (laughs) matchup, right? Um, They have their fourth quarterback of the season. Um, It's just, it's like two, I mean, the Packers obviously have the same quarterback and some of the same pieces, but they're basically virtually an entirely different offense um, than what the Vikings saw earlier this season. So it's just going to be – it's going to be cool, I think, to see the development from the first time the Packers played the Vikings to this time the Packers play the Vikings. Um, that, that's, I think, going to be a really cool, like, measuring stick. But, yeah, definitely kind of a wild card, pun intended, um, game, given that there's just, like, so many unknowns um, kind of on both teams, but mainly from the Vikings' perspective since they announced that Jaron Hall is going to be the starter – um, their rookie fifth-round pick quarterback. Uh, just no tape on him, just have no idea what to expect. So could go in the Packers' favor, could also a little bit go in the Vikings' favor since you don't really know what he's going to bring to the table. Um, So just going to be a weird matchup,
1: but a lot riding on
0: this one because this is a must-win for Green Bay.
1: Yeah, really interesting. Like you mentioned, Jaron Hall came in, obviously, for I think he threw three passes when Kirk Cousins got injured against the Packers. So at that point in the game had been like, you know, I know Kirk got hurt in the third quarter, but nothing really happened the rest of that game. The Packers weren't able to do anything. Defense wasn't able to generate anything against Jaron Hall. Um, Then of course they bring in Joshua Dobbs and he lights the world on fire for two weeks. And then he starts to not do that and gets benched. And then Nick Mullins comes in and the Vikings have lost four of their last five. And their one win was three points to zero points against the Raiders. So thinking about this offense and the way that they are kind of sputtering, trying to find themselves out, just lost TJ Hawkinson for the season, which is really unfortunate. He was having literally his career best year, 960 yards. So just shy of a thousand yard season. He's out with an ACL and MCL. Um, Doesn't look like Jordan Addison is going to be able to play either. Uh, He's got an ankle injury. The official injury report not out yet, but has not been practicing this week. But Justin Jefferson is back. And he, of course, didn't play the first time that the Packers and Vikings faced off at Lambeau Field. So losing their two biggest receiving options for most of the season, um, but getting back their star. Um, so Jaron Hall at least going to have Justin Jefferson as a security blanket in his first career start.
0: Yeah, I mean, not too shabby, huh? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, really. um really sucks for TJ Atkinson I think anyone I mean doesn't matter who you root for like TJ is a really fun player to watch and an ascending kind of I think star tight end and just sucks to see someone not only he tore his ACL and his MCL I'm pretty sure so just a brutal injury likely going to be out for if not the entirety of the 2024 season like probably the majority of the 2024 season depending on how rehab goes so That just really sucks um, for him as a player. Um, Probably a nice segue into our first segment of the show, which is that yes, the Packers or sorry, the Vikings will get Justin Jefferson back. Um, And unlike last year, this will not be a Jair versus Justin Jefferson show um, because the Packers have suspended Jair Alexander for one game due to personal conduct off the field. At this point, Those listening have probably heard ad nauseum about this suspension, so we're not going to spend too much time on it, but we would be remiss if we didn't at least touch upon it because it greatly impacts this game. It it really does. And, uh, you know, Ja has had an interesting season to say the least. Um, This suspension has nothing to do with his injury um, but his injury has a lot to do with said interesting season <laughs> because he's missed a lot of time due to said injury. Um, I think, you know, we've heard a decent amount from Matt LaFleur. Um, we're recording this Thursday afternoon and um, it's before his Thursday afternoon press conference. So I don't know what we're going to hear when Matt speaks this Thursday afternoon, but um, I have a feeling it's going to focus on this game and not focus on Jaw. So we can, I think, talk about jair without thinking there's gonna be any new information um but he was suspended due to making himself captain um going out for the coin toss almost botching the coin toss um i think a build up of some things that we may or may not know about um some attitude stuff i think the team decided to say hey you know we have to hold players accountable for the way that they're handling themselves in and around the locker room. And I think especially when you are a leader inside locker room, you know, we just have a limit for what we allow. Um, I don't know how you feel. I personally am fine with it. Um, I think when you have a young team, especially you have to set a precedent for how you can and cannot act. Um, I'm fine with it as long as that standard is set across the board, right? Like. You just have to be consistent with the way that you are holding people accountable, whether that's players, coaches, all personnel, etc., like that's fine with me. Um, it's one game, so it normally wouldn't be that big of a deal. However, it is a big deal because it's the Vikings. You need Jair against a Justin Jefferson. I don't care what you have to say about how he played against the Panthers, et cetera. Like you need Jair against the Vikings. So that sucks. Um, I hope he learns his lesson. I have a feeling he will. Like, he's a smart guy. Um, That's all I really have to say about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the part that, you know, we're never going to know these things, right? We're not flies on the wall at 1265. But I think the only concern, and I do agree with the Packers, you know, it was something that needed to be done. I understand their decision to do it. Um, But you hope it doesn't have, like... A ripple effect and that it drives things apart further. You know, like I hope this is in some way able to kind of help put a band aid on everything and remedy everything and say, like, hey, I know, you know, Matt LaFleur had said they had a conversation about it. He's not worried about their relationship. Like those are all good things. And I'm not worried about the head coach when it comes to those kind of relationships. But yeah, you just hope it doesn't become a bigger issue with the defensive coordinator or other things where there's players acting out because they're feeling a certain way. And then, you know, we talked about what potential ripple effect could happen when you have a head coach that's siding with the defensive coordinator and there's some blame on the players. And I'm I I think it was the right decision. I just again I and it had to be done. There's nothing that changed. I don't I don't
0: know if there's like this is like siding with the defensive coordinator though. I No, I I'm not
1: saying that. I just mean like from perceptions in the locker room, like I would hate for there to be like that's what I'm saying. If we're not flies on the wall, so we don't see if there's any type of like ripple effect with how players react to the suspension.
0: I think that this is just like its own separate issue and like if it if some of Jaws I like this is I just like hate speculating I don't like Like, I don't like I don't know I don't I, I you have to take it at face value like Jair did something that is not acceptable and he got there are consequences for it that need to be like enacted and they were like we are always saying how we feel like the Packers front office and staff like do not like hold players accountable like Soon enough for things that we feel like they should be. Like, we watch them trot out. I'm sorry to use Amari Rogers so often as an example, but like, we trot, trot out Amari Rogers for forever for botching like a thousand, you know, fumbling a thousand punt returns. And we're like, why are you still sending him out there? This is like malpractice, you know, hold players accountable, take away snaps. You know, it sucks because it's one of your highest paid, best played players paid players that you want to be playing that should be playing that part sucks but they're doing exactly what we want them to be doing which is holding people accountable and setting the tone which is that we do not accept this level of behavior now i don't know again what the conversations are what the root cause of jaws behavior is right if the root cause is that is related to the defensive coordinator is this a bigger problem because of that? Then yeah, I, then sure we're having like that conversation of sides, etc. You just have to take it as its own issue because we don't know the answer to that now. If it is related, they fire Barry at the end of the season or whenever they do it, and they move on for him in, from him, like problem solved. That that's kind of where I'm at with it now. Is that like once they make that decision? Because I'm just going to assume that that's what's about to happen <laughs> at the end of the season then I think we're at, like, problem solved, right? It's, we heard you, we're with you, we're bringing in somebody new, we're going to revamp the side of the ball, everybody wins, everybody's happy, and we're moving on.
1: Yeah, I guess, more or less, I was just trying to say, like, do you wonder what, you know, jaws of that, obviously, and he did make a poor decision that needed to be addressed because you can't have young players behaving that way, but you wonder if young players see that and they're like, oh, like, I, I guess I just am curious about like the culture in the locker room and if things are changing at all, where, you know, they have concerns moving forward. Like are young players mad that Jair did that because now they're going up against Justin Jefferson without him. Like that's the kind of stuff that I think about, like the uh, trickle down effect of some of these decisions, but. like Jordan, the-
0: Jordan seemed to say during his locker room interview that it didn't, wasn't like really affecting anybody um now again it could just be like speak but you can only take what they're gonna say um i think there is like an element to like i just said like a lot i'm sorry um there is an element to this i wonder of this is a young team like do they just not know any different like they're like oh drama okay, moving on, you know, a, a yeah. little bit of what we've talked about in this early season where they've never experienced certain things. And I think that's part of maybe what the coaching staff wants to say is that this is not normal. We do not accept this, you know, um, but who knows?
1: Um, and I mean, I think that's why you have like Rashawn and Preston and Kenny, and you have the vets in the room that can come in and, you know, address these things and and model, you know, yeah. the the right way to yeah. move past the things like this so and they've spent talking-
0: a season yeah and they've spent a season together i think they know each other i think they know each other's personalities right like they know jaw he said like the guy's back to me and he was laughing and i think everything is always somewhere in the middle right you know uh, i think they all love each other and also there's a there's always an element and and then i think we can move on from this potentially but my thought is there's always an element of, like, people are not infallible. Everybody makes mistakes. You know, it, it ha- should happens. Um, this is probably one of the more funny suspensions I've ever seen. You know, it, it was so almost innocent. Like, I, I don't know if Ja meant harm to the team. I, I don't know if anything he did was necessary and malicious, so in terms of, like, locker room toxicity, like, I don't know <laughs> that right. there was, like, any kind of, like, you know, I can imagine being like, hey, guys, like I just wanted to be captain because this is my hometown, <laughs> you know? Like, right. I, it's different than there, it, it could have been worse, um, but I'm still glad right. that the team responded the way they did.
1: Yeah. And I mean, for all we know, he acted on it because guys on the sideline were ribbing him and saying like, oh, you should totally go out there. Like you should, you know, like we're never going to get all of those details that come with the camaraderie of a locker room. But I, we do obviously need to talk about Justin Jefferson's back. Jair is out. That likely leaves Eric Stokes, Carrington Valentine and Keyshawn Nixon as the corners, you know, going into this one. KJ Osborne had a really nice game against the Lions. Um, Ty Chandler is in the backfield. Alexander Madison's in the backfield. Like, I guess, you know, obviously any game without Jair is its own struggle. But mm-hmm. where are you at now going into this game with this this Vikings offense? I mean, does the fact that it's Jaron Hall change your opinion at all about the offense? Okay, it does.
0: Of course. Of course. I mean, this is his first NFL start. So, look, it's hard because under normal circumstances – you would look at this game and you would say, This should be a shoe in. Any defense would look at this game and say, Yeah, they have Justin Jefferson, but you bracket Justin Jefferson, you stop the run, you should be good. Like, you, you, you should be good. You get to Jaron Hall, you rattle him, you take him down. You know, their offensive line still isn't that great. They have all of their starters out there, but it's not the best offensive line in the world. They're not world beaters. This is an offense that your average NFL defense should be able to stop. The Raiders held them. It was a different quarterback, but the Raiders held them, even with TJ Hawkinson to three points. However, The Packers defense is playing abysmally, (laughs) and they're 30th (laughs) in DVOA right now. So I don't know how I feel about it, quite frankly. Last week was supposed to be the get-right game against the worst offense in the league. So is this the get-right game? You know, is this it? Can you take down... Jaron Hall in his first NFL career start in week 17 with your playoff spot on the line. Can you do it? Packers defense. I have I have unfortunately very little faith, but theoretically, yes, this should be an easy one.
1: So I've been thinking about this one a lot and I genuinely feel like the best form of defense for this Packers offense is to to just keep putting up points, you know? Like you have to play keep away, you like because you know Justin Jefferson seventy yards, you know, like he is capable yeah. of a quick score. And I hate saying that, but at this point, I don't have a ton of faith in the defensive side of the ball. We saw, you know, Bryce Young just put up his career best numbers. We're talking about a, a quarterback making his first career start, and then you've got what they did against Tommy DeVito. Yeah. So the like the authors- can John Hall get him the ball? That's the question. And that that's valid, you know, but like, I think that's the strategy going into this game is we we've seen now the Packers are very capable of putting up 30 points. So Mm -hmm. this one, if it's a shootout, you know, like you hope the Packers have the ball last kind of thing. Like I, I don't expect it to be a shootout with Hall at quarterback, but I'm just saying, I think that is, you know, how you win the game is you play keep away and you keep your defense off the field for as long as possible.
0: If this is a shootout with Jaron Hall, this team doesn't deserve to go to the playoffs. No,
1: but I mean, that's, that's the lesson that you learn. Yeah. And it's crazy to me because
0: right now the Packers are 10th in offensive DVOA. They're 11th in points for they're playing at a level that is worthy of going to the playoffs. They're playing incredibly. And you're absolutely correct that I think the best defense is just keeping the offense on the field is long sustained drives. It's eight minute drives, run Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, right? Putting up 30 plus is well within reason and should be enough Mm -hmm. to beat this team. Um, I would love to see a game where, and we haven't seen it in a couple of weeks, but I would love to see a game where Gary, Preston, Kenny, even LVN, who's really come up in the last couple of weeks as a pass rusher, really just take over a game. Um, I think this is, like I said just before, an offensive line and a quarterback in particular where it's it's very humanly possible. And it's no hate to the secondary or the linebackers or the safeties, you know, behind them. I, I actually am excited to see Carrington Valentine back. I have questions about him not playing against the Panthers. Um, not that I think Playing Stokes and Ja at starting was a poor move, but totally benching a guy who's played quite well, who's carried his weight on the boundary was a little bit of a question in my mind. And I think he'll be all right against a KJ Osborne. Um, but I think getting after this offensive line and the quarterback from a pass rush standpoint is, is probably the answer here.
1: Yeah, I mean, we just saw Kenny Clark set a career best in sacks. He's still got two games to go. Mr. December has one more game in December. Uh, Rashawn Gary still half sack away from his career high. I've been watching this, right? He had 9.5 as his best. He's at 9. Like, he's got is two he games. Really? Yeah, he's got two Even games. Even though it
0: feels like he's had such a quiet, like,
1: couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. He's got two more games to get a sack to put him into double digits for the first time in his career. Like, you know, these guys are stat watching a little bit to think about some of these milestones. And it's a young quarterback. Like you said, something that I thought was, you know, bizarrely missing from the Panthers game was turnovers. Bryce Young had thrown so Mm -hmm. many. And now you've got Jaron Hall coming in who has yet to make his first official start. I know it's not Nick Mullins, but Nick Mullins threw four picks last week against the Lions. So like the ball is going to be available for the secondary, especially if the pass rush is generating the way that it is capable of doing. So, and the Vikings aren't putting up a ton of points. Like we say that every week and then we go see the Panthers put up 30, but like in this five game stretch where they went one and four, they're averaging 16 points a game the Packers in that same stretch are averaging 26 points a game in the last five weeks, 10 points more defensively. The Vikings are playing much better. Obviously they're averaging like 18 points a game, but this Packers offense is capable of like lighting things up and you just can't let the Vikings offense hang with that.
0: Yeah. So let's flip then because I agree with you that it's this offense that is going to win them this game. Um, I'm really excited to hopefully get some weapons back. Um, it looks like a few guys are starting to come back to practice. Not that I think we don't know yet. We'll, we'll see Friday's injury report. It's TBD. Um, we did not get to see Jaden Reed break his record because he did not play. So maybe this week. He's trending in the right direction. It looks like so. Yeah. Um, Luke Musgrave returned to practice. Although there's likely not a chance that he plays in this game. Um, The Vikings are also a little bit more banged up on the side of the ball. Um, A lot of questions. They put our good old friend Dean Lowry on IR. Both Jacqueline Roy and Harrison Phillips are questionable. Um, So is Byron Murphy. So they have their own questions, right? Um, uh, I think this is going to end up being like, what can Jordan Love do against this Vikings defense, which rattled him a little bit last time they played. But again, mm -hmm. Um, he's a different quarterback than the last time he has developed tremendously this offense has developed tremendously since last time they played and I think that he's going to be able to beat their pressures beat some of the blitzes that they're going to send his way um they're also going to have Aaron Jones back which I don't think they had Aaron Jones the last time they played the Vikings so some weapons at his disposal but he's just I think he's has more reps under his belt um
1: yeah, I mean, I think Jordan,
0: yeah. Can Jordan Love carry them to victory to the playoffs?
1: It it really does feel like it's contingent on his performance. And I know the Packers' passing offense is like fourth in DVOA when it comes to actual passing offense, which is just ridiculous. Is That like, real? I Mina Kimes just posted it. It was either fourth or sixth, but yeah, I'm pretty wow. sure that they're fourth in the uh, in passing offense because you know it wouldn't be the run the run offense, right? Like <laughs> no. Yeah, fourth and passing DVOA. So, Jordan. well, and that's the thing. In his last five games, he's posted a quarterback rating over 108 in his last five of, like, five of his last six. 108. Like, that's that's really good. 13 touchdowns, one pick. Like, And I think it's interesting, like, to, to go back to the other ad nauseum conversation we had all, you know, first half of the season talking about, like, it being an evaluation year the fact that we're sitting here talking about the Packers being in the playoff picture and it's contingent upon the performance of this quarterback that they weren't even sure was going to be the guy in the first like six weeks of the season. That's that says a lot about him too. And the way that he is so, you know, it's, he's hard to phase. He carries himself so well. And like you look at the, the company he's keeping 27 touchdowns, a second behind only Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy, who both have thousand yard receivers. No other receiver on the Packers, you know, offense has more than 650 yards. Like the the characters he's working with, the cast he's keeping, like it's, Rotation it's really impressive. of the cast that he's working with. <laughs> so yeah, to say that we're even in a position to say, like, hey Jordan, gonna need a big game from you on Sunday night is And just expect wild. it. And expect expect like, yeah.
0: Because he has shown us over the last eight weeks, nine weeks that he can go in and do it. I think he's had over a hundred passer rating in the last six weeks of the season. Um, I, regardless of whether they win or lose this game, I think the way that they play, if they're competitive against this defense is a win. Right. And that's, that's the, I think a microcosm of this season is the way this offense has been playing the trajectory in which that they're on. I mean, being top 10 offense by the end of this season from where they were. Remember like after the Raiders and the Broncos and how down we were on this offense um, to where they are now, that's a win. Um, It's just a matter of getting them, balanced on both sides of the ball going into 2024 to actually be competitive, to make some kind of push towards a real goal through playoffs is a cherry. But the thing is, is that we are allowed to be upset if they miss the playoffs this year because it was well within reach. It was
1: in their hands, yeah. They
0: they have over... The offense has exceeded expectations. Jordan has exceeded expectations and done enough to get them there where the veterans on the other side of the ball, you would have, the other side of the ball was what was supposed to kind of carry them a little bit. But for this game, um, we mentioned it already, but I think some of the keys are more long sustained drives. Um, We always say, but like balance with the run game. And I think it'll be much, much easier with Aaron Jones back uh, Aaron Jones looked so explosive against the Panthers. So naturally, I think when he gets 15 to 20 touches a game, they have a winning record. Um, so let's keep that formula going. Um, Christian Watson, Dontavian Wicks were both do not practices today. So that's not the best sign. Um, so getting Jaden Reed back would be huge. He was limited. Um you need one of the three going into this game without all three would not. Yeah, that's skeleton. That's, that's a bit skeleton. Not that I didn't think Bo Melton and Malik Keith did not have a great game against the Panthers, but Vikings Panthers defense two. two very different sides of the coin, but like, what would be your keys against this Vikings defense?
1: I think genuinely it's time of possession. And like, obviously, if if Jordan Love can throw like a 60 yard touchdown to Jaden Reed, you take it 10 out of 10 times. But like, if we're talking about your defense being fresh and your offense, like, that's one of the things that we've seen them struggle with. It's like they either go down and score a touchdown or they go three and out. So, like, more consistency on the offensive side of the ball and like being able to sustain drives. Matt LaFleur talked about it, right? When he talked about, you know, had the offense been able to put a little bit more together, you know, it's probably a more impressive victory. So with the lack of trust that we have in the defense, I just want to see a really clean football game as well. You know, none of the self-inflicted penalties that we've seen in the past. And I think the defense also like legitimately needs to force a turnover because that has been so missing from this season. Mm-hmm. They used to be one of the best like ball hawking secondaries just a couple of years ago. And uh, yeah, that's... Mm-hmm we know what that means we know what that says about the defense but what else is there to say at this point right like yeah. we can't keep talking about the defense so really quickly we can wrap here with the playoff picture if you are of course still rooting for the packers to make it into the postseason which you should be we need them to get a little bit of help uh if they went out they have a 95 percent chance here if they beat the vikings and the bears um Basically, they have to win out. That's the first step. But they could use a little assistance uh, with a Rams and a Seahawks loss, right? They're vying for one of those playoff spots. So if you are scoreboard watching this weekend, you are hoping for the Rams to lose and for Seattle to lose. But who are they playing? Let me look. I just. Uh, ooh. I know the Rams have the 49ers at least once. I don't know if that's this week or next week.
0: We don't love rooting for the 49ers, but we will do it on (laughs) behalf of our Packers. That's fine.
1: So we have the Seahawks are hosting the Steelers. So yeah, not, uh, not great there. The Rams are at the Giants. So not, not a ton to love (laughs) this week. Probably not a ton of help this week, but that means that next week, um, the Niners will be with the Rams and then Seattle's at the Cardinals. So Mm. you never know what can happen. Tyra Taylor, Mason Rudolph. Do you got us Take care of your business Packers and the rest will uh, fall into place. But any final thoughts here before we wrap this thing up?
0: Um, just final score predictions, which is the Packers have to win. So I'm going to have to pick them to win. Um, I'm going to pick them to put up over 30 again. I think this isn't going to be a weird one. I'm just sensing... Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm sensing a strange, very strange game. It's New Year's Eve. Um, I don't think it's going to be as close as the Panthers game. I, I do think, like... I do think the Jaron Hall of it all, there'll be at least, the Packers will come away with at least one turnover in this game. They will. They're so long overdue for it, and I think that will be the difference. Um, I'm going to go
1: 34-24 Packers. So Matt LaFleur obviously swept the series in 2019, and then from 2020 on, they've split. Like, they've always won one and lost one. The last two times, so 2021 and 2022, the Packers lost the first time. And it was a blowout in the second game. Like, it was 41-17 to last season, 37-10 two seasons ago. And I don't know if I have enough faith in the defense to to call something like that. But 34-17... like 17, feels possible, but it depends what side of the defense we're seeing. You know, are we seeing the Chiefs and Lions defense or are we seeing the Giants defense?
0: If this defensive front, if the Packers pass rush
1: can be who we know who
0: we've seen them to be, if Rashawn, Preston and Kenny can be the game wreckers that we know they can, if they can come up with four or five sacks in this game, yes, that score is very possible. If we see the Tommy DeVito level of evasion of pressure,
1: we're in for a long game. Yeah, and I think that's where the caveat is, right? Like 3417 is entirely possible, but so is like 3128. You know, like yeah. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. It just is, you know, how close do you want to make it? Packers, how hot do you want the uh <laughs> yeah, the seat to be? How much pressure do we want? Um, but yeah, we'll see Sunday night football. New Year's Eve going to be a fun one. The first time the Packers have played on three holidays in the regular season. Um, They'll be back next week. We don't know when yet. Honestly, we'll have to see when the schedule makers decide for the Packers and Bears. Could be a playoff showdown if the Packers take care of business this week next week could set up a win and in situation for green Bay. We saw how that went last year. We'll see how (laughs) it goes this year, but thank you as always for listening to the show. You can find the podcast on Twitter at P W S S podcast on all other socials at PAX, which she said I'm Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. Follow us on YouTube, like, and subscribe to the channel. If you don't already, we appreciate that. If you're listening on the audio format available everywhere, you get your favorite podcasts. You can download the show there as well. Thank you so much, and hopefully we see a good game on Sunday night, and we can start 2024 the right way. Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! Pat, go.